glad you guys are here. I won't be before you long. Uh, so talking about bending but not breaking. So obviously the title of my little piece tonight is Bend But Don't Break. Right, so you think about bending but not breaking. We always look at it in a mindset or a situation of, I don't want to bend because I'm uncomfortable. When you bend, when you stretch, when you get up in the morning, some of y'all probably did it today. When you went down to touch your toes and get out of the bed, you was like, wait a minute, hold on. I can't get down that low no more. I, I may have to stop at the knees or I may have to just do an arm stretch because it brings a certain type of pain. And this happens when you haven't stretched the muscle for a while. It, it gets tight and it begins to bring certain type of pain and you get uncomfortable because this muscle hasn't went through certain things. It's not used to certain things, right? So we've all been through a season or probably going through a season of uncomfortability right now. Maybe on your job, you're in a job that you feel like, this is not for me. This is not something I do. I'm supposed to be over here. I'm supposed to be doing something else. I'm working with kids. I don't really know how to work with kids. Or I'm doing something that's uncomfortable. It's out of my comfort zone, right? We do what's easy, what we let the pros do what the pros do, and we do what we're good at. But I'm here to let you know that you need to be bent in order to be used by God. So I want to read from my scripture. If you guys could go to your Bibles, electronic, um, hard copy, whatever the case may be. I'm going to read from two versions because this is the one I like to read from when I'm at the crib. But out of respect for the saints, I'm going to read from the KJV version. I don't want y'all to be mad at me. But 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 10. When you got it, just say, got it. If you don't got it yet, just say, hold on. I know the people ain't that won Jeopardy ain't saying, hold on, hold on now. Come on now. True, true. All right. We're reading from the King James Version. Verse 8 says, We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of also Jesus might be made manifest in our body. So now I'm going to read from the easy-to-read version. Y'all might think, can he read if he's reading from that version? But I promise you I can read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is coming from the easy to read version. It says, we have troubles all around us, but we are not defeated. We often don't know what to do, but we don't give up. We are persecuted, but God does not leave us. We are hurt sometimes, but we are not destroyed. So we constantly experience the death of Jesus in our bodies. But this is so that the life of Jesus can also be seen in our bodies. So. I want to break down that scripture. What does that mean? When you read that, some of you may have an idea already. Some of you already know it. But from what I took from the text, it means that we'll go through different things that'll bend us, but it's not meant to break us. We'll have tragic losses. We'll have loss of family members, loss of jobs, loss of opportunities, but it's only bending us and not breaking us. So this leads me to what I'm about to get into. Why do we break? Different things, doubt peer pressure, comments from other people, approval 
of other people's judgment, right? You think you go into the church, for example, because you don't have a popular last name or you don't serve on an office or because you don't look like what a man of God looks like, suit and tie, serving on the usher board, deaconess, choir, right? So we listen to these things and it breaks us or so we think because we don't have the prototype or the layout of what a church person should look like. But I'm here to tell you, even though these things bend you, they won't break you. So my first point is bending isn't bad. Like I said before, we wake up in the morning and we stretch. It's like, oh my goodness, this is an uncomfortable feeling. Why? Because you haven't been stretched. When you stretch properly, you're able to do what you need to do. So I'm here to tell you again, bending isn't bad. Bending eventually builds. We're often bent so that we can be stretched and taken out of our comfort zone. By being bent, you are being molded and crafted into the very person God has called you to be. If we go back into the text, 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 10, he talks about how, yes, you're perplexed. You go through these different things. You experience pain, heartache. You have all these different situations that come your way, but you're not broken. Which leads me into my second point. Realize that even in being bent, you can still be used and your worth doesn't die. I want to go back to something me and my pops talk about on a day-to-day basis. And I've seen this since I was a kid. I'm 23 now. I'm not that old. I said 23 like I was 50 or something. But, like, we often talk about this all the time. You, you get into the church and you don't look like, quote-unquote, church material. You may have come from a different side of the tracks. You may only know about church because grandma or grandpa or you used to go to church on Sunday, but you haven't grown up an Adventist, so that completely removes you from doing anything in the church. So now you're coming into a place where people say it's a hospital and people are healing, but you would rather be outside because at least the people that I'm hanging around that are smoking weed and that are doing things will at least accept me for all my flaws and who I am, right? So we we get into the church, we're around these people who are supposed to help us and put us on these different paths to greatness and do all these different things, but yet they're hindering us. But I need you to understand, before people had an opinion, you had a purpose. And I need you to realize what my dad always told me. He said, son, there's going to come a time when you get older, you're going to be doing things, you're going to be making decisions, and people are going to try to deter you from these things. Now, mind you, it's not like my dad started telling me this at 15. I was six years old. Like, Dad, I want to watch Power Rangers. I don't want to hear about Hebrews 12 too right now. John Cena is about to win the title. Just go upstairs, please. But now I realize every day going through different things when people try to say he's not built for that. He doesn't belong here. What is his last name again? He shouldn't be doing that. He doesn't look like he's supposed to be in this position. But I need you to understand, again, before anybody had anything to say about you, your purpose was written even before you knew it. So, and realizing that when you're bent, you can still be used. I look at different people in the Bible. You look at Joseph, you look at David, all these different people and these individuals went through drastic events, drastic changes, but God still used them. God can use anyone. You don't have to be a special type of individual to be used and have purpose. Purpose isn't a waiting list. You don't say, oh, you have the criteria, so now you can have purpose. You can, 
you're a scholar now. You got your degree now. Now you can teach millions. Now you can be up in front of people and give the word to them. You come from a famous church background. You sung in a choir. Now you're qualified to do my work. And so many of us get into the church or we get around people, even in the workforce, oh, you're not qualified to do that. You're not, you weren't raised the same way I wasn't raised. You didn't grow up in burning. So who are you to come in here and try to think you have purpose? We go through this and we've been going through this for a long time. And something that somebody told me that has helped me as well, we're looking for the church to be perfect. We're trying to impress and be perfect for a whole bunch of imperfect people. So I need you to understand that we all go through it. The difference is you're vocal about yours. They just hide behind the doctrines and the degrees and the last names and the churches and all of that. But I'm here to let you know you need to be bent in order to be used by God. You don't need to be perfect. You don't need to be what a quote-unquote elder looks like. You can be somebody off of the street and still speak life into somebody. Don't let what you've been through and what people say to you stop you from being used. Don't let your current state make you believe that being used is a certain type of person. You don't have to be a certain type of woman, a certain type of individual to be used, right? I hear people talking about, oh, her skirt is too low. Well, why are you looking? Why is, why is your mind on what she has on instead of what God is trying to do in you? Oh, he has on T-shirt. He has on jeans, but he's still giving God the glory. And here it is that you've been in the church since it's been open and you still don't know what God's purpose is for you. But I'm here to let you guys know we need to shift our focus and worry about us and be bent for Christ. We think that, oh, because I'm not smart enough, because I don't know how to sing, I can't be used. Because I don't know all the books of the Bible, God couldn't possibly use me. It's people that know the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, and they really don't know why they're in the church. Me and my dad talk about this all the time. You got people that come to church and play church that don't really know what God is doing in their lives. And here it is. They've been here for a long time, been here over and over again, but they really aren't being used by God. All they're doing is driving from their homes and going to church. All they are is churchgoers. But if you would go, if you would go to Jeremiah 18, one through six for me, please. This is confirmation that you don't need to be perfect or that you don't need to be like anybody else. You just need to show up and let God work. So I'm going to read from Jeremiah 18, one through six. And this time I'm just going to read from the easy to read version again. I can read. Thank you. All right. It says, this is the message that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Jeremiah, go down to the potter's house and I will give you my message there. So I went down to the potter's house and saw him working with clay at the wheel. He was making a pot from clay, but there was something wrong with the pot. And I can stop right there just for a quick second. Some of us feel like because we make mistakes, because we slip up, because we go against the grain that we can't be used, something is truly wrong with us. But I'm here to let you know that even through your mess ups, even through your bad days, God can still turn it around for you. And even in the bending process, he's putting something in you. He's molding you. He's bending you and stretching you for anything greater than yourself. And at verse five, it says, 
No, still at verse 4. So the potter used that clay to make another pot. With his hands, he shaped the pot the way he wanted it to be. Again, I'll stop there. It says, so the potter used that clay to make another pot. With his hands, he shaped the pot the way he wanted it to be. We're living our lives the way others want us to live them. We're going off of different things. Oh, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't be here. Like my auntie Venetia always said, we always talking about how a person comes in and they smell like weed. We talking about the earrings. I'm just glad they're in here because they could be doing something way worse. But the fact that they stopped by Burns or they stopped by Ipsy or by Conan tells you that God is moving. It's not our job to convict somebody of smoking weed or doing this or doing that. We trying to play God and we don't even know the half of who God is. And so it says, with his hands, he shaped the pot the way he wanted it to be. God has a certain way and a certain plan for each and every one of our lives. No, it may not look the same. My dad's path may not look like mine. Even though I have his name, I look like him and all the, all the characteristics in the world, right? But our paths are completely different. God is forming my dad into the man that he wants him to be, and he's forming me into the man that he wants me to be. Then verse 5 goes on to say, Then this message from the Lord came to me. Family of Israel, you know that I can do the same thing with you. You are like the clay in the potter's hand, and I am the potter. This message is not from my dad, not from Sandrew, not from on TV, but from the Lord. And we're taking orders from people that really don't know how to put us in line, right? My dad will always tell me, and it's crazy, my dad used to get on my last nerve, if you know, telling me all this stuff. I'm, like I said, I'm six years old hearing my dad say, Hebrews 12 too, and he just go upstairs. I'm like, what's wrong with this dude? Something has got to be wrong. Or Psalms, this, that, and the third. I'm like, all right, love you, but all right, cool. But now I understand that it's not about what man wants, what woman wants. It's about what God wants. Because at the end of the day, no one can sing you to a heaven or hell. No matter how much you've messed up, no matter if you turn your back on God, if you've walked away from the church. It's people that are sitting at home watching the service that have a better relationship with people that are in the church. So you can't tell me that just because I go to church, just because I tithe, just because I do this, just because I've been a pathfinder since the pathfinders were ever invented, you can't tell me that just because I do all that, yeah, that's cool, we remember it, we enjoy it, but what is your character like? What is your mindset like? Because a lot of people have all these accolades, but their hearts are not aligned with God. And so I need you guys to understand, one, realize that even being bent, you can still be used. You don't have to be a certain type of person or wait till you're perfect. We're imperfect people, but we can be better. We can change, and we can actually get to everything that God has for us if we are allowed to be bent. Second, my last point, decisions must take place. Dying must take place. When we read 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 10, we realize that in order for us to be bent, we have to go through some form of death. Certain things, our flesh, the different things that we were used to doing must die, and God must take over. So that means maybe certain places you used to go, we're not going there no more because that's not serving you any earthly good and won't do you any heavenly good. The people that you used to be around, it's cool, but now God is trying to take you to the next level. So first we got to make a decision. We must die to self daily. 
Oftentimes, we frown upon those things that are foreign to us. When we're in a place that's uncomfortable, if you're a claustrophobic person, you very rarely want to get on the elevator with people, a whole group of people. When you're in a situation that you don't like, you very rarely want to spend your time there. But in order to be bent, you have to, God, you have to let God shape you and mold you, realizing that bending isn't breaking. Bending isn't bad. God is trying to bend you so that he can stretch you in places, avenues, and people's lives to help change them or not help change them, to help impact their lives and do what he's called you to do. And so when I think about bending, being out of your comfort zone, me and my dad, a lot of people, they see me, they see my dad, like you are just the walking image of your dad. So what I'm about to say, you might say, that's something your dad would say. So me and my dad follow a lot of fights, don't blame me. It's my dad's fault. I know a lot of old stuff. I know a lot about Ali Frazier. And that's the fight I want to talk about. When I looked at a documentary, he said the different fights with Frazier was the closest thing to death that he had ever experienced. It was uncomfortable. Yeah, he wanted to be the greatest, but in order to win this championship, he had to go through a beating, rounds of being bent, rounds of being beat up, battered. But in the end, he stayed on the course, he stayed on the road, and he followed the game plan that was given to his corner man, and our corner man is Jesus. He's in our ear like, go left, go right, go up here, Make I need you to make a left here. Wait, don't stop, Wait, you might wanna yield. God is our corner man, and he's telling us to bob, weave, duck, keep your hand up, right? Wait, watch the jab, watch the hook coming, back up a little bit so you can see what's coming in front of you, don't stand too close. And I remember the Ali and Frazier, well, I don't remember it. I was not even thought of yet. But looking at the fight or hearing what he went through, Ali was saying it's the closest thing to death that I've ever experienced. But there was something in me. There was people in my corner. I mustered up the strength. Even though I was weak, I was battered, I was pressed on every side, I was still able to follow my plan and become the world heavyweight champion. And some of us are going through situations where it's like, God, what are you doing? Like, I'm over in a place where I don't even think I belong, whether it be because of people, what people have said, what you think in your own head, or God, I lost another loved one. I lost another job. I'm, things are not looking good for me, but I'm here to let you know, being bent isn't bad. Also realizing that even in your bent state, God can still use you. Even as an imperfect soul, even as a person who's been through so much, maybe haven't lived the right way or the Christ-like way that people have given you, not what Christ has given you, right? Even though you've gone through all those things, God can still use you. And lastly, you must remember that a decision must be made. And that decision is dying to self daily. Being able to say, God, Less of me, more of you. I'll move out the way, and I'll just follow you. So if that's your decision today, if you really feel like and you understand that bending isn't bad, and you realize that you can still be used in your bent state, and that you're making a decision tonight and for the rest of your life, that even when it gets hard, even when things aren't going my way, I'm still going to choose to die daily. I would ask you to stand for me. If you will bow your heads with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to thank you again for bringing us here. I want to thank you for allowing me through you to speak 
to our people, dear Lord. I ask that you cover us and you keep us, watch over us. Help us to not worry about what people say because they are not the author or finisher of our faith. It's you who we receive all our answers and our guidance from. Help us to follow you and only you and help us even in our bent state to realize that we can still be used. Realize that bending isn't bad and help us each and every day to make a choice to doubt itself daily. I ask these things in your name I do pray. Amen. Amen.